0: Welcome to the She Knows podcast. I'm your host, life and personal development coach, Louisa Kadieje. This podcast is about celebrating the modern day woman as she takes us through her life journey and the lessons she's learned in her areas of expertise. The heart behind She Knows does not reflect a woman who knows it all, but instead represents the woman who knows failure, she knows disappointment, she knows hardship yet she still chooses to rise and to take her space in society. This podcast will leave you feeling inspired and empowered to live out your purpose and to embrace the essence of who you really are. happening everybody welcome to another episode on the she knows podcast your girl Louisa here and of course I'm not alone I am joined by another phenomenal woman and I believe that today's episode is going to be everything you expect it to be and more so if you do enjoy it please do leave us a review and let us know what you think Today's guest is the beautiful Tintolom Nisi. She is a model, an activist, and the founder of a digital marketing platform that is aimed at educating and equipping young entrepreneurs under the ages of 25 to understand their brands better. In today's episode, we discuss colorism, the effects it has in society, and she shares on her personal journey and the challenges she's encountered as a dark-skinned woman. Yeah, so if you can tell us a little bit more about yourself, just um, who you are, where you're from, what are you about, and just kind of like give us a little bit of insight on how you grew up and stuff like that.
1: Okay, so my name is Tontolo Nisi, Tontolo meaning mercy or grace, however context you'd like to use it. I come from a family of five. Mm-hmm. I have two brothers, one old and one younger, so I'm the middle child, and my mother and father, of course, but now my parents recently separated, so now I stay with my mother, and my two older brothers now have relocated in Durban. Mm-hmm. I am all about love, light, and happiness. I enjoy laughing so much. I love memes. I love being in a place mm-hmm. of happiness. I love being in a place where... My personality can radiate through and just people can draw energy from who I am and just, you know, just be happy by just being around me and seeing what I do. Um, I love talking. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about anything and everything, to be quite honest. But I love talking about things that could possibly educate the next person that I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. So as much as I don't I talk, I don't talk senseless things. Like the things I say have to have sense. They need to have substance. Yeah. I love flowers. I'm actually sitting in front of my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It's giving me just an energy that I want from the world, an energy of peace and an energy of growth. So I think just sitting in front of this is just also very inspiring just to imagine myself as this plant to grow. So I like imagining myself um, with things that are not human. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) It just it just me it reminds me of the purpose of life is that individually and everything in this world has its own purpose
0: mm-hmm. we
1: all have to serve a purpose in life so that the world can operate you know yeah. and plants give us um, oxygen and plants motivate us to grow and just taking care of a plant is just taking care of your inner soul because this plant then ends up becoming part of you now, people are even calling themselves plugged moms and plunk dads <laughs> so it, it's it's just those little things in life that make me who I am and that make me happy mm. I don't like I don't like I don't know, I don't like being mean and I can't even be mean yeah. it's just weird like I do not be mean so yeah that's that's who I am
0: I love that I'm literally the loving love person oh I love that I love how you like just spoke about you know you just loving peace loving joy loving being around like people who bring you joy and you also bringing joy to people um i also loved how you spoke about even though you like to talk you like to talk about things that educate people things that have substance and um i was also just kind of looking at the things that you do i saw that you are a peer educator at um Mm -hmm. dreams taa what t Tina Avantu Avasha. So tell us a little bit more about that. And also just tell us about my hustle under 25, which I was also kind of looking into.
1: Okay. Um, I'll start with dreams. Tina Abando Abasha. I was recently appointed. By recently January, I was appointed as a, uh, a peer educator for the Mapopani district. Mm-hmm. And basically, what we do is the initial plan was for us to go around schools and educate and host workshops on sexual reproductive health, mm-hmm. employment skills, and leadership. But due to COVID nineteen, that now I had to take a turn. And we do these workshops on WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. Um, This is aimed to motivate and empower young women from ages 12 to 24. But now, because it is very open and it's very public to everyone who has any form of social media, we also do give the male a chance to partake in the workshops and actually learn more about the issues that women go through, learn about the woman body and learn about contraceptive methods that we as well don't even know about. Mm. So by doing so we then educate men to understand women even better and to understand what we experience in life and to understand what we have to do to protect ourselves from falling pregnant without planning for pregnancy. We have to protect ourselves from HIV and AIDS because I don't know if you know this, but this, specific group ages 12 to 24 are the most vulnerable group of young girls that are prone to get HIV and AIDS which is alarming because you're thinking that kids as young as 12 don't know anything about Mm. sex and once you sit in these workshops and once you talk to these girls you start to realize that people are actually or rather young girls are being sexually active Mm. at the age of 10 sure and you're asking yourself what the actual hell is going on in this world Mm. and this is what's going on and Mm. they don't know about the basic things on how to to protect themselves from um being infected by sexually transmitted diseases so then that's when we come in and tell them about the different kinds of condoms we have which is the male and female and then we also tell them about the importance of the prep and pep treatment so yeah that's dreams and then my Hustle Under Twenty-Five, my baby, my love <laughs> and joy. <laughs> the story behind my Hustle Under Twenty Five is actually quite interesting. Okay. Um when I started with my Hustle under 25, it was meant to be a personal project. Mm-hmm. Um it was meant to be a page where I just share with the world what I do on a day-to-day basis just to bring in an income. And for a lot of people, they would see it as from a platform of modeling. But then when I thought about it, it was like modeling, my hustle in the 25, where is the connection? And I was just like, oh, well, let's just see what we do. Whatever I do that brings in money, it will be then documented onto that mm-hmm. page. I then just thought that it became, it felt like it was being self-centered. I I don't know I just felt like it was just being me selfish and just being self-absorbed and I was like no that's not me so how can I take my husband under 25 and incorporate other people around me who are hustlers under 25 and that's where it came about I was like why not empower and promote young entrepreneurs ages 25 and younger because at the end of the day if we're looking at how society is right now we need to start realizing that you're not guaranteed to get a job after high school, yeah. and you're not guaranteed to get a job after graduation. So, you are at a point in your life where you need to stand up and do it yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And that's where it came in. Where my husband 25, um, it was established last year in April, and it, it from then onwards, I just saw the impact that it had on entrepreneurs under the age of 25, where I get DMs and hints oh, and so on. this is what I'm trying to do. How do I go about it, executing A, B, and C? And I realized that actually this could be something bigger than what I had envisioned yeah. it to be. And that's why now I'm just going on with it. I've already done two clients so far during the lockdown, so it's been a blessing. And yeah, that is my hustle at 25. My I think that's one thing that I can say, I am absolutely proud of because mm-hmm. it's just it's me it's who I am it's me it's helping people yeah. and at the same time giving people enough knowledge to equip themselves into starting a business that could sustain them maybe for a short period of time who knows or for a longer period of time
0: mm-hmm. so what would you do with my hustle under 25 is that do you get people to or like can somebody contact you and then you just help them through the process of, is it building a business, a brand? What exactly does that entail? And how can like, people like, contact you for, for that so access?
1: People can, so what I do is just help them understand their brand. Mm -hmm. so it's not necessarily building a business building a business is something that you need to do on your own Mm -hmm. so that's why mine is more of a digital marketing space it's just helping them use their instagram pages to market their brands at the same time helping them build their brand so that at least their niche understands the brand that they are trying to put across rather than being a brand that touches on multiple things your target does not even understand what you're trying to do mm. so um that is the focal point for my under 25 is to not necessarily build the brand but to help the brand yeah to help the brand and its purpose and find a place or find a place in the market where it can position itself so that it can you know target a certain market and from then it can build clients out so that's mm. what we do um it's still new i'm still learning as well with every client that i get but yeah that is the main aim for my husband 25 and people can dm me people can email me my email address is my husband 25 at gmail.com
0: okay awesome okay thanks for that um i love like when you were talking everything that you were just talking about the things that you're involved with, have so much purpose and um when i reached out to you you were about this but the particular podcast you were um about to go live um talking about the issue of colorism in the african community and i really wanted Mm -hmm. to get into that today um and even with what you were talking about in terms of um the sexual reproductive um education you were talking about how a lot of women have like the access to to the information or But that platform that you use, Dreams TAA, is really to help educate men and women. And um, with a topic such as this, I believe is also something that can be used to educate both male and female. But I first want to ask you, like, what is colorism? Because I feel as though, um, you know, I always say with racism, um, white people can understand really, like they can understand to an extent, but they cannot really comprehend to the fullest you know um Mm. what black people have to endure and you know and i'm going to make it a little bit personal to me now with colorism is that i can to an extent say you know what i understand um but you know as a lighter skinned woman i really don't understand i really don't understand to the to the extreme that you may and i really wanted you to help educate us like what is colorism and really what are the effects of it Mm.
1: Mm. so basically colorism comes from a point of racism and that's what a lot of black people don't understand mm. about colorism it's the intra discrimination. it's the racial discrimination against people who are darker in skin tone in that same race mm. so also just so that people can understand colorism does not only happen in the black society or community it happens in any culture in any race where the lighter skinned people discriminate against the darkest skinned people in that race mm. so I think that's one thing that we need to understand about colorism and one thing that we need to touch on because a lot of people when they talk about colorism they direct it to only black people
0: and yeah. colorism
1: can be found in the Indian community. Colorism can be found in the colored community. Colorism can be found in the Muslim community. It's just the intra-racial discrimination and segregation of darker-skinned people. Because that's when you will find colorism mm-hmm. at its mm-hmm. peak. It's within the black community. Um, and I think black people have become very ignorant to them being colorist. Because those who know and who have done history mm-hmm colorism stems from racism as you all know the societal standards of beauty come from the standard that a white person has put into place to define what beauty is in the society then now black people have already followed that standard and lived by that standard and then projected that standard onto the black community Mm. that's already black people being racist already you know and now, when you're going to tell a black person that you're being racist towards a person in your own race, they don't understand. And that's why there's been a word that explains mm. intraracial discrimination because it's racism within the same race. So it, it's very hard to talk about colorism because mm. it's something that people don't understand. It's something that people are ignorant to and it's something that people yeah. that are not even willing to learn about. And it also then... For those who, like myself, for those who are darker skinned, it becomes another topic when we as black people are going to chant and protest Black Lives Matter. But once the Black Lives Matter issues are over and then we can talk about, but hey, as black people, this is what we Mm. do. We are xenophobic and we are colorist. Then... Nobody cares. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to educate about it. Nobody wants to say, okay, we acknowledge that this is who we are, and we acknowledge that this is what we do. So what can we do to change these stigmas? What can we do to re-narrate this narrative of the standard of beauty? Because now we're misleading people to understand that as a darker-skinned person, you're not seen to be... Beautiful because you don't have mm-hmm. this type of skin tone. For that, we are going to set you aside and ostracize you as society because we don't appreciate you as black people. But now, mm-hmm. when you need us to scream Black Lives Matter, you want the same dark skin people that you've already put aside mm-hmm. to come in and protest with you. So, that's also something that we need to tackle as black people is to understand that we are very selective with who we support and we are very selective with what we want to educate ourselves with. Because at the end of the day, if it does not benefit me as a person, why do I need to learn something that would benefit the person? Yeah, what
0: you touched on there is actually very powerful. I think people it's so easy for people to partake in movements that will benefit them, you know? Um, And I just want you to kind of talk us through, like, what do you think as, not even as just the Black community, because you did mention at the beginning that this uh, is in every single community. We see it, like you said, in the Indian community, etc. How do we dismantle these things? How do we dismantle? Um, because also you mentioned how it's so Eurocentric and it stems from racism. So it's obviously not something that just came out of the blue. There is a system, there is a root. But how do we now take charge and dismantle it?
1: Yeah. Well, firstly, we need to learn about it. We need to be open to have more discussions about colorism and we need to understand how it is practiced in Mm -hmm. on the different communities that we find in the world only then do we find the root and only then will we understand Mm -hmm. the impact it has on the people that have been ostracized because we can't dismantle something without understanding it first we can't do something without talking about it. We can't go around mm-hmm. and be like, oh, hey, you're being colorist. Somebody's going to ask you, how am I being colorist? I don't even understand what colorist, colorism is. So tell me more about colorism. And I think for dark-skinned people, I, I, it's, I find it to be our duty and our responsibility to educate mm-hmm. those who don't understand what colorism is because it affects us mm-hmm. first before it affects them. You know. So mm-hmm. the most important thing, even with like just not even touch on the topic of colorism but to talk about everything in the world the most important thing for somebody yeah. to understand that they need to learn it and be educated about it that's only when you can understand the principles and the root of the matter and find the solution to mm. solve the issues in that matter yeah
0: yeah, so right like when you were talking about just educating ourselves you also mentioned about how just um understanding the impact it has on the people that who are being um you know how do i say You used a specific word and now i can't remember it <laughs> um yeah
1: who yes. are being asked um, how do we
0: how do we understand those impacts like what are the impacts i think you would know firsthand because you are a darker skinned woman but how does it look like to understand mm. the impacts and what do the impacts look like so firstly it's the privileges mm. That
1: the lighter skinned people get, you know. Um, if I could just share a quick story, I remember I wanted to do a promotion job, and this friend of mine who was part of a promotion company told me then and then that as much as you're going to apply for the rest of your life with this specific agency, they won't take sure. you because you're dark skinned. Client does not want to work sure. with people who are dark skinned. It does not look good for the what? brand. It, it puts you, you know. <laughs>
0: These yeah. are the things
1: that we've been through. It puts you in a position yeah. where you're just like, am I not even good enough to get mm-hmm. a job? You know, um, it, it's also just getting positions and um, how you've been treated in a group of friends, uh, The light-skinned people are put on a pedestal that dark-skinned people have to work to get to, you know. When you define beauty, if you're going to go to the street and you're going to put somebody to point out somebody who's beautiful, the first person they're going to point out is Mm -hmm. the lighter person. It's these privileges that are put into place that affect the person, the darker-skinned person. Because now you are indirectly telling us that we are not good enough or we are not As pretty as the lighter skinned girl for us to be put on that pedestal. We are not as pretty for us Mm -hmm. to get promotion jobs. I don't know if you can do this, if you can go to promotion agencies, you will see that if they pick a dark skinned person, she's either one colored or two light in complexion. It's rare for you to find a dark skinned person. Who does promotion jobs? I have lost out on a lot of promotion gigs because mm-hmm. of the color of my skin tone, and that at a point I was just like, you know, I'm not going to do promotions because it's not for me. I am not mm-hmm. their target market, so why must I even put myself in the position where I know that I'm anyway going mm-hmm. to get rejected? So, yeah, man, it's a lot. It's it's, it's a lot that people yeah. you don't realize these things until you are in. Yeah, position.
0: I think that is yeah. so true. That was like the next thing I was going to touch on, and just how you don't realize it you'd never see it unless you are a part of it you know unless you're in that position but you also spoke about just like how there were times where you were even like "Ah, i'm done with this or you're now questioning your worth but what about like the darker skin girls now who is probably listening to this and thinking to themselves like yo girl like I don't think I'm worth it because of the color of my skin. I mean, I was reading an article the other week about how um, bleaching in Nigeria is just like a money-making market. But now, how mm. how were you able to then um, regain confidence or um, I don't want to say boost your self-esteem, but really see your true worth? Because that that's exactly what it is. You, you got, I believe that you have gotten to a place where you've seen your true worth. Um, but how do we then change the culture for for little black girls um how does one person who is feeling um insignificant or questioning their worth how do they get to a place where they can see their true worth and walk in it
1: um firstly i'd like to say that i've never been this confident there were times (laughs) where i did consider bleaching um Mm. yes i've considered bleaching before because well at, at a point where you have felt you were made to feel worthless. You would find whatever solution just so that you can feel the worth in society. Mm. Um, but a, a, one thing I can say to the little asking girl who's listening to this is that it's hard. <laughs> it's yeah. hard. It's a, journey. it's a journey of self-acceptance. Um, and it's a journey where validation does not matter. Mm. You can't ask the person to help you understand what you're going through because they don't. Um, it's a thing that you need to sit down and accept and be like, okay, listen, I'm dark skin. They like, I can change my skin tone, but that's me going against God's will, you know, Mm -hmm. and going against God's divine creation. I always tell people that I'm God's perfect creation, um, regardless of what you may think or what you'd want to believe about the person that I am, I am God's perfect creation. Mm -hmm. So With that being said, just altering myself or changing myself would be me changing what God has created. And God has created me for this purpose. So Mm -hmm. if I'm going to change how I am and change who I am, then I'm changing the purpose of my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when I understood or learned to accept myself because I was just like, there's no point. I Mm -hmm. am made this way so I can be this person for the next person. So as a dark-skinned girl who's listening to this, Put yourself in a position where you know that whatever you're going through is going to help the next person. Yeah. And once you understand that, it will become much more easier for you to accept yourself and be who you truly are meant to be. But from then, you're going to question your worth, you're going to question your beauty, and you're going mm. to constantly compare yourself to the next light-skinned person. I mean, I did, mm. to be honest. I compared myself to my friends, and I was like, oh, my gosh, if only I was as, long as I not feel more prettier and if we understand that in the world we are all created to be different Mm -hmm. and in our difference we need to find authenticity and for me at that point being the the friend that's always dark and complexion Mm -hmm. is what made me authentic authentic is what made me stand out and I had to use it. I had to make up my power. And look now, I'm talking about my skin tone, and I'm talking about colorism, and I'm using it to impact the next person and to
0: educate the next person on the importance of self. Oh. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I really love that. Um I'm now like contemplating like should I ask you the last question because it's very similar to what you were just talking about. But um before we get to that question and wrap it up, um are there any platforms where people can teach themselves, educate themselves on this anything specific you know of? Um I know like today like the internet is your friend if you want to learn anything, but for you specifically, do you have anyone that you refer to um any youtuber any articles or whatnot
1: um no i have no one (laughs) (laughs) um Mm -hmm. i i honestly have no one and i think that's something that i need to look into to create that platform so that people can come to me and talk to me about this um i i there is no youtuber that i could say hey watch this person this person will motivate you because i there was Mm -hmm. no one and even from My early ages, when I was going through bullying, I had no one to talk to. So I think it's also something that I had developed over the years Mm -hmm. is that if I need healing, but need to help myself, then I'm going to have to look within myself, um, Mainly because I had Mm -hmm. already programmed myself in my mind that nobody understands what I'm going through. and The only person that understands what I'm going through is me. So how can I then talk to the next person to help me if I myself don't even understand what I'm going through? And if I myself, I'm the one that's going in that position. So it had to just go through a position where I had to put myself in a position where I needed to understand and if i needed to understand i needed to look within so i'm working on creating a platform that focuses Mm -hmm. on colorism um a project that i'm working on with someone my other friend the girl that i was doing the live video with Uh, musa she's helping me create this platform and she's helping Mm. me to use this platform so i can reach out to other tasking people
0: What would you say to younger Densoilo? Um, yeah, what would you say to her from where you are right now? I know you have like a world of possibilities ahead for your future, but from where you are right now, from everything you've been mm-hmm. through, what would you say to your younger self? Go through
1: it. Don't change anything. Don't try fix anything, don't fight back. Go through every little emotion that you <laughs> go through it. And learn from it, it gets better because mm. it did.
0: <laughs> if you would like to get in contact with Tinswalo, follow her on Instagram at Tinswalo Mnisi underscore or email her at Tinswalo M A Z at iCloud.com.